This is Jonathan Hennessy, author of Apocalypse and the Comic Book Story of Beer, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to be listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us, we have the Shadow of the Bat, Mike. Top. We have the legacy of the bat, Curtis. Hello. We have Detective Comics with Ross. Hey. We have Batman and Robin with Steve. Hi. And the harrowing adventures of Batmite with, with Rob. Hi. <laughs> I don't actually think that was ever a title. Before. Probably not. <laughs> oh, you could, shut up over there, mister. It could be. Hey, everyone, that's Rob. Uh, welcome to our uh, episode uh, 51. Yeah! <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, so today we're going to go over uh, Black Vortex number one from Marvel Comics, uh, Superman number 38. From DC Comics, Hawkeye number eighteen from uh, Marvels, and then we have Star Trek number forty-one. Forty-one, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special, because after all, it is Valentine's Day weekend. <laughs> I don't know if that has a sound effect or not. It might. I think more of like a whip sound. Ah. Uh. all right (laughs) well let's go and kick things off today with uh ross and the dog pile for some news god damn it (laughs) right the biggest news we had this week was we finally had confirmation that spider-man is going to be in the marvel universe and what's weird about that is i feel like we talked about that like a month ago yeah it's been pretty pretty uh what's the word yeah it's been been in the works for a while i think didn't it start off with the whole sony leak yeah so yeah and it's just now that it's an official thing it's official yeah and one of the craziest things about it is neither company is paying for it either so they're just both letting each other use their characters, and oh, there's not a percentage. No, there's no money huh. being transacted so, between Sony the two. Sony still has the final rights. Spider Man, yeah. Right. But who's going to say no to Marvel? You know what I mean? And they still they still own the rights to Spider Man, and it's going to make them money. Definitely, because they're not doing it as well as Marvel. Right. Well, having that whole other universe, and they're going to recast it too. Oh yeah. Being able to be used by Sony, that's something else. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize that they'd split the, the money thing up into where they weren't doing it that way. Yeah. That's crazy. I like how you put that. They split the money thing up to where they weren't doing it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's official. <laughs> Stamp. Oh, I also forgot to mention earlier, we are now also proud members of the Comic Podcast Network. Comics podcasting, yeah. Go on, Ross. Uh, the second thing of big news was that after 
our convergence that we have with DC, we're going to have what's called divergence, which means that there's no more New 52. Yeah, they're taking that. They're taking that title off. Yeah, and title only. Yeah, yeah. It really, really isn't like a huge thing. They're just saying that it, not everything is going to be New Fifty Two continuity anymore. Well, it's three years into a New Fifty Two. How new can something be after three years? Exactly. What was it that he, uh, Dan Didio said online? Something about uh, something know. before continuity. Like quality before continuity. Or oh something yeah, now yeah, stupid. So. Story story before continuity. So they would rather have a better story than have that continuity. He says there's going to be a book for everyone. And well, every you know he wants to make it more accessible for anybody. But there's been a book for everyone since comics were started, really. Well, yeah, That's you true. and I, you, we may look at it that way, but you know. What you're saying is there needs to be more room for Midnighter. More room for Midnighter. How much room does he need? Evidently his own book. He needs a space. Hmm. Space station. <laughs> out, out in the planet. In the bleed. Yeah. Which I got no problem with Midnighter. Yeah. But they've already tried his book before. Twice. Yeah. And it didn't survive. I don't think there's anything movie. wrong with that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, he's, a, he's a cool character and he can kick some ass. But they've tried this book before. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it's got all this fanfare about it because... It got canceled twice before. Well, I, I'm glad there is some fanfare because you know, I mean, when they started Stormwatch, they were kind of like, "Oh yeah, you guys all know these people." Nobody knew who Stormwatch was. Yeah. Nobody knew Midnighter, Apollo, the Machinists. You know, like nobody knew those people. And then they were like, "You know who you don't know? It's the Martian Manhunter, like it's weirdo." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you know, for for DC fans, that's how I pitched the book. Was like, oh yeah, Martian Manhunter is going to be our gateway guy, and he's going to teach us about these people. And we get there, and they're like, yeah, that's the guy. Nobody knows. <laughs> so we're going to spend a lot of time telling you about who the Martian Manhunter is, and everybody else. You already know these guys. Welcome to the club. And it just it didn't make any sense. Speaking it almost, of that, it almost sorry. Oh, you go ahead first. So it almost felt like DC wasn't really into the whole authority thing. You, you know, my my thought is. I really think they really thought, like, people were watching The Authority and, like, that old, all the old fans of The Authority, this was going to be their way to get into DC. Mm -hmm. And I think they really overestimated the fans of The Authority. It's my thought. Anyways. I I thought maybe they were trying to bring The Authority fans into the DC instead of DC into The Authority. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. And, right. and unfortunately, the, the Authority fans just, I don't think they were there, you know? Maybe they would have called the book The Authority and not Stormwatch. That would have been good, too. Considering all the Stormwatch characters were actually different characters. Yeah, that's true, too. My bad. I meant Stormwatch the whole time I was talking about The Authority. Yeah. Well, no, they were The Authority. <laughs> but it's The Authority. Yeah, they were yeah. completely The Authority. Mm -hmm. They just threw Stormwatch on top of it, and, yeah, it was, yeah I don't know. Anyways. Oh, I was just going to say one of the... I mean, I think we all have a couple of new books that we are looking forward to in that. Uh, one of them is Martian Manhunter. There's going to be a solo Martian Manhunter book, finally. Right, right, because what we have going on after this whole Divergence thing is uh, 25 of our regular titles from the DC-52 are going to continue to move forward, and then everything else is getting canceled. Yeah, 23 yep. total books. And they, they are kind of tricky about it, because some of the ones that are getting canceled really aren't. They're just getting new names. and Rebranded, yeah. just like all new Suicide Squad or new Teen Titans. Or what, Arsenal and... Arsenal, Red Hood, Red Hood uh, Constantine the Hellblazer, 
Uh, no, well, yeah, Justice League 3001. Yeah. Well, hopefully that Hellblazer book will save Constantine the TV show, because I heard that was on the chopping block. That's, uh, I guess that is kind of some news, too, is that Constantine didn't get renewed for another season. But they're trying to push it to sci-fi. There's exactly. Going to sci-fi, yeah. So ho- hopefully. We'll I mean, see if that works. Because sci-fi is owned by NBC, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're connected. So it's still an NBC property, it's just on a different channel. That's what happened if, if sci-fi picks it up. But does that kill the budget? I mean, maybe. I mean, sci-fi's main problem is they don't have money to make things, they just make things. Mm-hmm. So Cosney was really good, would, it just didn't have the weird love triangle. So. There would be a good thing kind of there, because sci-fi's not actually who's making the show anyway. NBC isn't either. Warner Brothers is making the show. They're oh, just really? two just putting it on TV is... So maybe it That's might. That's interesting. We'll take it to the CW and cross it with uh, the Arrow. Arrow and Flash and uh, only everything else. I hate you. <laughs> take that, Ross. Yep. What else you know, Ross? I think that's pretty much all the big news I know. I think Curtis had something earlier. Didn't have a thing. New TV or movie or something. That was, I don't remember. Spider-Man? I don't remember either. We already talked about that. We talked about Spider-Man. There was a more indie title that's going to be made into something. Oh, enormous? I told you that. Yeah, Enormous. Got optioned by Fox for a movie. Dun, dun, dun. Was that printed by 215 Inc.? Yes. Originally, Image Comics put it out. Um... As a single one-shot giant book, like actually an right. enormous size book, and then afterwards, the 215 Inc. put out the regular series for it, and now they did have. Uh, we actually talked about it on a show before, um, where they had run some um, YouTube shows that were going along with the comics. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to use any of the same did cast. Did you watch or... any of those? Oh yeah, the were first they, of all. Were they good? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, yeah, you could see that they had budget things, but it was way better than I expected it to be. Monsters look cool. That's what I got about it. Did you ever watch those things, Mike? Yeah, I watched. Well, I watched. I think I checked out a couple of them here. Right. Yeah, you know, a lot of it was implied, but then they did show the monsters. It was, you know, definitely uh, not what you expected. You expect it to be on YouTube. It's going to be, you know. Right. But yeah, they did a pretty good job. Because uh, I'd expect sci-fi type monsters, S Y F Y type monsters. <laughs> right. Sippy. Yeah. Stupid. Good stuff. Well, let's run through a couple more of these other titles real quick. Cause we, we know they were, we're having Batman Robin end. It's being replaced with Damien, son of Batman? Robin, Robin, son of Batman. Robin, son of Batman, my bad. Robin, son of Batman. Being drawn and written by Mr. Gleason. Patrick Gleason? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know of anything he's ever written. I can't think of anything offhand. But he has been working with Peter Tomasi for like 10 years. Well, so that and we had, what, Andy Kubert do Damien, son of the Bat. Ah, that's right. Cooper never wrote anything except for that. Huh. So maybe this will be kind of a, a good thing. It reminds me of that, and it reminds me of when uh, Francis Manipool took over The Flash, too. Yeah, yeah but he, he had a, a co-writer with Brian Busoletto. Yeah, but they both did art and writing for it. So it was a, it was a similar thing where he had never really written anything either. And right. got... But Gleason's on his own. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? true. And he's doing both writing and drawing. I think he'll be all right. That's kind of like Tony Daniel, I guess. It's kind of like you're saying, saying he's worked with Tomasi for a long time, so I'm sure he picked up. And it was his idea for Titus. Yep. So maybe he will bring something to the table. Not just badass art. (laughs) Maybe the dude can sling a pencil, too. Sling a computer. 
Sling maybe, maybe the guy can write well. Write well. <laughs> sling a keyboard? Yeah, that yeah. one. I think that's something different. Go break I feel like this book never gets put out and just gets broken computers all the time. And right. understand what's happening. See, and the cool thing about that is even when he's off the title or not doing the art, he'll still be writing, so he'll still be involved. Oh. You know what I mean? Unlike when... It's a uh, slick way to do it. When uh, Batman and Robin, when he had a guest artist, he just did the covers. Right. I don't know how involved he was with the writing. His no name idea. wasn't on there for plot, so maybe this will be just his finger on the Bat Universe. That's cool. I'm excited for it. So it wasn't officially said in their announcement, but in uh, some of the stuff Tomasi said online, said that he's not done with Batman either. So we'll see what. Maybe he's going to start dressing as Batman. Maybe Those sound like fighting words, Ross. <laughs> but it, it's just weird not having Tomasi and Gleason together. True. That's, Since it's that's been, true. like you said, ten years of it. Oh, at least, yeah. So. I mean, we have all the Greenlander core stuff, the current Batman-Robin stuff, which is going on three-plus years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, timeline-wise, yeah. At least, at least six years. At, at least. At least. Maybe more. We don't, we're not well, sure. I mean, uh, granted, some of that Green Lantern Corp stuff, Gleason didn't do the art for, mm-hmm. but a majority of it he did. Mm, no, so. yeah. Because I know, God, I got issue 11 of that mm-hmm. with Kilowog on the cover. Yeah, man, business. awesome. 10 or 11, and he's on that book. Mm-hmm. And it went to 46 or so. Something like that. If I remember correctly. And he was on there the whole time. So there's at least four or five years right there. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. So, I don't know, I would assume something rubbed off, nothing else. I mean, there's nobody else closer to the Damien character at this point than Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. So, mm-hmm. anybody else chosen to write it wouldn't have the same edge, I don't think, just because of how close the two of them are to the character. The yeah. other thing that would make that just, I don't know, a little bit cooler, or as have Andy Kubert in it somehow, some way, maybe as like a co writer or something like that. But maybe. it's not needed. No. In, in the long run, it's not needed. I think he'll be able to steer that ship on his own. Right. Well, hopefully so. We'll we'll, we'll see. I I have, I have big hope for that. Um, so we'll see. But it looks like they're gonna do another Batgirl style book. I think that's what they're doing with Black Canary. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be Batgirl style or not. It is. Is, is it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Same template. Wow. Because she's supposedly in a band or something, and she has appeared in this book. Yes, she has a band. I don't know. I don't read the thing. Mm. Isn't it at least one of the same creators involved with? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there. Yeah, here we go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I've heard it. I've heard it likened to Spider Girl, Gwen, Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen. I've heard it likened to that as well. Huh. So, we'll see. Yeah, we'll There's see. some kind of weird connection between Spider Gwen and Batgirl, and I don't know if it's. Design or what? Huh, yeah, I don't know. They're both blonde. Yeah, I, well, no. That girl's a redhead. He's a redhead, yeah. my bad. You were thinking stuff. I was thinking Black Canary. Oh. Yeah. But I, I don't know what that deal is, except for, you know, well, they, they can't both be terrible. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the only correlation. One of the other really cool ones that's coming out is Cyborg. Yeah, the, right. Official cyborg look. With uh, the dude that's writing Shaft. Yeah. Which David Miller. I think he's awesome. And, yeah. I actually like the way Shaft is written. But... Yeah. And Ivan Reyes is doing the art for that, too, which is really cool. Yeah, that cover art looked awesome for it. So, uh, Omega Man, didn't... yeah, we talked about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm excited about it. That Omega looks Man. interesting. I'm just, I want to know how it's going to fit into this new 
universe where they're, they're gonna because he meant Mike mentioned Lobo, real Lobo. Yeah, his original appearance is coming Mega back. Man. Mm -hmm. so well, the Lobo title is continuing. Oh, not continuing. the real Lobo. No, no. just the live Lobo title. But he's. I don't know if the new Lobo is going to be attached to the Mega Man somehow, because that's the reason the Omega Man exists is because of Lobo. Right. That's possible, I guess. I know his, when he originally appeared in the Omega Man, uh, he was vastly different from what we got with the biker version. Right. He didn't have a jacket. He was like no, a he was black a top on. Yeah. Kind of a purplish hue to him. A little bit. So yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they'll make the new Lobo connected to the Omega Man. I don't know if that. I don't know. I guess. We'll then see. I'll drop that title. Which one, Omega, Omega Man? Man. Take that, DC Comics. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying Lobo's terrible. I just it's just not. That's yeah. not Lobo. Like if they bring in Biker Lobo again, I I think I'll be happy. You know, I kind of expected that as they started the series, and it just it hasn't gotten there yet. So we'll see. But I I think they're wrong. I don't I don't think that Biker Lobo is done. I don't I don't think he was a bad character. Sorry. We were. He's got the original Mega Man when Lobo showed up. Oh, looking for the number of the show. Number three. Mm -hmm. Orange and purple jumpsuit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think uh, Dematis wrote that. Yeah. Giffen or Dematis? Um, One of the two. It's written by Keith Giffen. Is it? Take that for guy from Justice League 3000. He really, I mean... Yeah. Huh? Oh, that one's going to re return. It's going to get canceled, mm -hmm. then return at 3001? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What the hell? This is rebranding, man, so there's a new number one. <sighs> I'm really hoping that they change the artist on it by then. Why? Because they have a new artist on it that is really not good. That's <laughs> not very simple designs. No, I don't think so anymore. Really? Because Howard most, Porter was amazing. Most recent issues changed artists. I don't He's think not bad, and there's worse people than him. It's not know, awful, it's just not either. very good either. Well, comparatively, they're not the same. That's yeah. true. Well, they, they announced the miniseries stuff, too, which... Well, they got the Batmite miniseries, and Bizarro. Uh, Bizarro miniseries, Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn yeah. yeah, Harley Quinn, Power Girl miniseries. Um, and then what's that, Prez? That's like some old character from the 70s or yeah, something? Yeah, I guess so. The kid president. You know... I don't know what that was. Yeah, and when I saw that, I immediately thought of uh, Stars and Stripes. Because it's got, like, the oh, robot yeah. next to him. But... I thought about that Sinbad show TV movie. <laughs> the Kid and I or something like that. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Anyway, moving on. Let's, yeah, let's Not move the on. Sinbad, like, the character, but the Sinbad, the comic. He was in oh, movie. I know what you're well, talking yeah. about. Was he a comic? Yeah. Really? Yeah. He made some people laugh. Okay. You say so. The, yeah. 90s, <laughs> the early 90s were rough, okay? I had this whole thing in my head of Shaquille O'Neal when you were talking the whole time, and I'm like, I don't remember anything that Shaquille O'Neal did with a kid that wasn't any good. Yeah, Shazam. No, Shaquille O'Neal's busy slinging gold bond. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. It's true. <laughs> Man. I didn't think it's out of control there for a minute. Do we have, do we, does one of you guys have the stupid list of the new book? No, but I yes. was going to say one thing. What's that? The gentleman who voiced Space Ghost. Space Ghost passed away. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember his name. The, the original Space Ghost or Coast oh. to Coast Space Ghost? The original, the original Space, Space Ghost. Ghost. That's too bad. He was also the announcer for Sesame Street. Wow, okay. So. It was actually really cool because when Raven the Bold was still on, 
they did that uh, short before the show that was Batman and Space Ghost, and they had him voicing Space Ghost. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was a, was a really cool thing to have, like, the original voice actor for him. And Ross knew his name, but... Yeah, I forgot. That's why I didn't look at him. Gary Owens. Oh, yeah. He also was the Laugh-In announcer. Remember Laugh-In? Oh, yeah. Mm. I remember that. Man. That's, that's, that's old TV. Man. Holy Hun, is she young? She's Hot. still worthless. No. And the German guy? Uh, there's a bunch of other people from the 70s running that. It was awesome. Whatever. I can't help that you don't like things that are technicolored. I enjoyed laughing. I just hated Goldie Hawn. Oh, man. No women there. Still do. Okay. That hasn't changed. That poor Kurt Russell. (laughs) Man. Somebody that awesome has her. That makes me question his mentality. Man. Well, I thought he was dead. Kurt Russell? Yeah. No, that's Patrick Swayze. It was a Snake (laughs) Plus good reference. I know. So back to uh, Gary Owens. Oh, good job. He was the voice of uh, Blue Falcon, too. Oh, man. Yeah. That makes sense. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Do you want to talk any more about the the DC new lines? Dude over here has the list. Why don't you read the list over there, mister? Well, I... We're waiting for direction. You're the one that holds us all together. Well, there's a Starfire book. Which Should makes be sense. Awesome, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, it's by Paul Miani yeah, and that's a Harley Quinn thing. Yeah. Who's the artist mm-hmm. on there? Does it give you that? Mm. Frank Stallone. Pretty sure that's <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's brother. Yeah, it is. Oh. He's not doing anything else. Might Steve, as well pick Steve up Steve Dillon. Oh, seriously? I'm kidding. I was no. going to say. <laughs> that's, that's rough. That's rough. Um, there's Prez, the Batmite Bizarro minis. Uh, Constantine the Hellblazer, which the art by Riley Rossmo, at least the art will be That's nice. That's cool, yeah. You know, I'm not keen on a lot of his art. Really? Some of it catches my eye. Right. It's usually covers. Yeah. <clears throat> um, there's a book called uh, Section 8, Garth Ennis and John McRae. Don't know. Has something to do with the Hitman universe. Mm-hmm. All right. Um... Then we go on into they announce that Jeff Johns will be leaving Superman. Well, we already knew And that, so. who's taking over? It's like I knew this stuff. Gene Lun Yang. Yeah. But He's an indie writer. Okay. Ramita will still be around. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Brian Hitch is going to tackle Justice League of America by himself. There's another writer-artist. Yeah. And that Justice League of America book looks like it's a spinoff of Justice League now. Instead of being like a separate team, it seems like it'll just be its own kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, it's story. its own. Is it like Superman on his day off? Yeah. It says new tales of the world's <laughs> greatest heroes, uh, implying a loose or even non-existent continuity to the greater DC. So, it's, yeah, it's like its own. Random stories. So it's going to be an Elseworlds book. Yeah. <clears throat> there you nah. go. Uh, Green Arrow is Ben Percy is right going to be writing that and Patrick Zercher yep. doing the art on Rich, that yeah Richard Richard Zercher it's Patrick yeah, yeah. It, typo he didn't yeah he he posted he didn't change his name but he is doing the art <laughs> but he said that he awesome. redesigned him so I'm wondering what the redesign is going to entail <laughs> hopefully yeah hopefully it'll be a well, isn't there gonna... handlebar mustache 
be on Martian Manhunter book? Is that yeah. Yeah. yeah? yeah, keep going. It wasn't on. It's not on here. It's just randomly. Well, but go to a good I site. think the the best piece of news is the Aquaman news, which is Colin Colin Bunn's taking that over, yeah. and Trevor McCarthy. That'll be cool. You should that do some of the Batwoman stuff. Fantastic. The art's going to be amazing. Yeah, and Bunn really has cool. he has been killing it on Sinestro, or what I read of it so far. That's true. Yeah. Um, Wolf Moon. Um, let's see. Catwoman gets yeah. a new artist, David Messina. Okay. And uh, that's and you already mentioned oh, we already mentioned the Red Hood and um, Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. Justice League three thousand one. And then this we are Robin is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. There's that also. Action Comics will cont- continue on as usual. There's um, going to be a Doomed, uh, yeah, series by uh, um, your favorite, Lovedell. Scott. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a new character. Huh. It's not going to be. Oh really? Yeah, it may be attached to something, but it's a new character. Huh. And they, they, you know, there's a lot of books that are just continuing. Johnny that's, a, I think, that's all for the new, new stuff. Well, there's also going to be a Green Lantern. Uh, what's it called Green Lantern? Oh yeah, the Lost Army. I think First Army. First Army. Something like that. Oh, there, there's a Midnighter. Um, yeah, there was something, but it's not. Oh, Dark Universe. Oh yeah. By new one too. James Tenney and the Fourth and yeah. Ming Doyle's the artist. Which may be awesome. Supposedly. And it's supposed to be a Doctor Fate book, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Supposedly that Dark Universe, why they changed it from Justice League Dark to being called Dark Universe, because it's essentially the same thing as what we found out. It's going to be the same team and everything. Well, and that movie that's coming out. Is that they're making a movie, and it's going to be the same title, I guess. So they wanted huh. the book to be the same thing. One of the match. Is that the same one? That Guillermo were, del Toro. They were calling the, oh, that's cool. Huh, alright. It was originally slated as Justice League Dark. Yeah. But I'm thinking they changed it to Dark Universe or DC Dark Universe or something. Right. And the, but right. there's another one, Mystic U. Yeah, which that one, it says it's a, it's a working title, so it's not actually a title yet, I don't think. Is there, does that mention a writer on that one? Uh, Mystic U by writer Alisa Quitney and artist uh, Morissette. No idea who they are. Uh, and then there's We Are Robin, which. Right. Lee Bramejo is writing. Yeah, which is weird because he's awesome. Um, <laughs> Rob Haynes is doing the art on that. I'm no Carrie idea who Randolph. That is. <laughs> Carrie Randolph is, right? That's one of them. Carrie Randolph's Rob Tech Haynes Jacket. and Carrie Randolph. Oh, that's cool. So I wonder what's going to happen to Tech Jacket. Yeah, I'd probably keep going. Bastards. And Dr. Fates, Paul Levitz is writing that. Well, we might as well throw that one in the trash can. Sonny Lee <laughs> doing oh, the art. <laughs> well. Um, he can't keep up the Legion. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Of course, the Legion kind of has two strikes against it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I love the Legion. Legion's awesome, but it it has a hard time keep going. And then there's Green Lantern Lost Army. Lost that's Army. what I'm talking about. Colin yeah. Bunn and art by Jesus Saez. Saez and, was doing... And Jave Pina. Saez was doing art for Swamp Thing mm-hmm. at the end of the run. Sweet. That's it. That's the end of it. That sounds like good times, some of them. One or two of those titles were kind of catchy, but Omega Man wasn't mentioned in there? Yeah. We talked about it. We don't know who wrote it, though. Oh. Um, Can't be Frank Stallone. (laughs) Let's see, Omega Man. (laughs) Wow. I wish it was. He probably could bring some neat stuff to it, you know? Simon Pegg. Let me find it. Well, it wouldn't be be too bad either. Yeah, Yeah, since he's writing the new Star Trek. 
Yeah. Movie <laughs> or mm-hmm. comic? Movie. Huh. He's going to be writing it. Okay. Well, there's a lot of steps from the writing to the movie, but that's cool. I think he'll be able to pull it off. He you was know? co-writer on a lot of those. Oh, Earth Two Society was the other one. That's not what I'm asking. And I, Mega Man. <laughs> I guess one of the big things to stress is you know don't get so caught up in this now that you know in a couple months that it's going to be old news to you because there's there's a lot more information that's going to come out about these as we get closer to them. So, well, somebody should use one of their fancy phones. And not this piece of trash, to you know. For those who don't see, he's pointing at me, saying oh. piece of trash. <laughs> this oh. is the piece of trash. <laughs> you met me as a pansy it, phone. It, psh, gone. <laughs> let me let me pull out my uh, another fine yeah. Walmart product. Let's not talk bad about Walmart. They're one of our sponsors. Yeah, right. that's right. When you shop, shop Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> good, good job. Where we, where we I'm sell curious stuff to know who, who's writing cheap. that too. That, that's you think we can take money from them now? Is that how that works? I don't know. I, don't, question. I, I think we should. Maybe we'll just get like a lamp or something. Well, probably <laughs> that's better than nothing. some broken pickles. No, I'm not getting anything. Okay, let me pull it back up here. They got glass in them. Pascal Ferry's doing more? the art on it. He oh, did uh, okay. some of that Thor stuff back in like 2012. Man, that's reaching back a minute. How come you don't know this stuff? I, You're supposed to be the one that puts us together. It's, it's true. It's a long ways... Down the road. I'm under the impression that two weeks from now, all this will change. You know? It could. So That's a pretty bad impression, sir. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I'm, I I think of things in, in a backwards way. I kept wondering who this TBD guy was, because he was always on the, like... <laughs> he was on all the, the, oh, man, the on. side books, and he was writing books. And I'm like, man, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. That's not good, Rob. No, no. I figured it out eventually. <laughs> Dude, I'm not finding it. He's Jose Reyes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's... It's to be determined. Uh, yes. Oh, my or God. Or to be decided. You know, whatever. Jeez. Okay, well, we're going to go up on that Omega Men thing. Yeah. Because well, it obviously doesn't matter that much. Use the internet. <laughs> right? Use That's the, the funny thing about that. Um, so let's go ahead and get started on some books. No. Yeah, well, you know. No. That's what we're here for. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Are we doing Darth Vader? No. Oh. Although it was a good read. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you haven't checked it out yet, Darth Vader number one. Marvel Comics. We're at Bastards. Mouse Bastards. No? All right. Um, Black Vortex, Rob, you want to go with number one? Kind of actually makes sense a little bit in this, in this case. Well, you know. You know, a mouse rat, I guess. So it's like the same kind of thing. Sort of. One's cleaner. So this is a huge, huge book. I think it's going to be a big deal in the, the space stuff for Marvel. It's going to bring the Guardians of the Galaxy and the all-new X-Men together. But... Um, one of the, there's several big things that we have in this book. We're introduced to a new alien planet that um, is supposed to be over 12 billion years old that has a yet undetermined celestial on it, from what I understand. And like the people have kind of grown up worshiping this celestial and knowing that they could find other worlds because of it. And uh, they're kind of they, they talk about how they've they've gone from living in caves to like the space race in four generations. 
and they just haven't been able to leave the planet yet. And uh, as they have yet another failed attempt to leave the atmosphere, uh, this one lady starts kind of like, uh, she's questioning her god, which is the celestial. You know, what, what do you want of us? Can you hear us? You know, what, what is it that you desire us to do? And the celestial actually reacts to her and creates the black vortex, which is kind of this, like, mirror-type substance with a, uh, like, a humanoid face on it and stuff. It's like a crazy Aztec mirror. Hmm. And it seems when you look into the black vortex that you see, like, an ideal version of yourself. Like, you see yourself totally realized. <coughs> and that the mirror wants you to submit to it. And then it'll give you, you know, it'll make you the the ideal version of yourself. But it seems there's a cost to do so. Um, we're bringing together Kitty Pride. Um, Kitty Pride's like group of the, the all-new X-Men yeah, with the Guardians. It's the all-new X-Men in there. Right now, if you, if you read the previous crossover, which was uh, Battle for the Atom, um, during that point, that's where the Guardians really met the first class, or or the all-new X-Men, the ones from the 50s. And uh, Kitty's working as their, their teacher. And because of that whole connection there, Kitty is now um, dating Peter Quill, which we see a lot more of that in Star-Lord. Yeah. Um, it kind of explains their little their relationship and what's going on there. So their connection between A and B is, is really more because the two of them are hooked up now. And that leads to where we're at now. But the, the more important thing is the awesome D&D game that Rock Raccoon is doing with his cast of Guardians. Which is, like, there's so much awesome just in that one single picture. Like, Drax's page is all ripped up and all the broken pencils and shattered miniatures in front of him. Um, kind of like as they relax in space or they do all sorts of games and stuff. But, you know, it becomes more serious very quickly as Kitty Pride and Peter Quill are looking at Mr. Knives... Uh, basically like his trophy room, and they're trying to see what he's up to, well, he's somehow acquired the Black Vortex. And in doing so, he's, like, outfitted a whole group of kind of pathetic space uh, aliens to being, like, this kind of elite force. And he's uh, he's showing off to Thane, Thanos' uh, son, that, right. we, that we dealt with a lot in uh, the Fallout from Infinity, this kind of broken down blood brother, the last of his kind, going from like, you know, this kind of beat up hunchback to becoming like an alter version of himself. He wants to get Thane under his control. And if Thane would submit to the, uh, to the Black Vortex, he would make the ideal version of him. Now they work pretty tricky because they don't actually show you what Thane sees when he looks in the mirror, but before he can uh, agree to do it, Kitty and Peter show up to steal the, the mirror. And ultimately take it to this uh, kind of abandoned planet that has an orphanage on it. And we bring the X-Men together with them. And after a uh, brief scuttle between the three of them, they start trying to decide what they're going to do with the mirror. And ultimately, like, a few of them have kind of thought, well, maybe we should use the mirror. You know, get this ideal version of whoever we're supposed to be. Storm is terribly uh, tempted with it when she sees this ideal kind of version of what she could be. But, um... Before they really get to make a decision, we end up having Mr. Knives' group show up and kind of have a whole pitched battle. Now, before the outcome of that all happens, 
we flash back to the planet that we saw years and years ago uh, with the first one who ever used the Black Vortex. And she's killing off her race. And, you know, they kind of allude to the idea that everyone in her race was meant to subject or submit to the mirror, the Black Vortex, or be destroyed. And it kind of sounds like she's probably the only one. So she's wound up, like, single-handedly kind of killing off her whole race to try to appease this Celestial that when everything's said and done just leaves and leaves the planet kind of in disarray. So we don't know where the Black Vortex went from here to there or how that's all going to turn out. When Mr. Knives' group ball shows up to uh, attack the all-new X-Men and the Guardians, we have quite a battle. Once again, another awesome panel with Rocket Raccoon riding on top of Lockheed while shooting at people. Fantastic. And then really, really big kind of cliffhanger at the end of it, building up to the next issue for the Black Vortex. But yeah, the Black Vortex seems like a totally bad thing. Like, it, it seems to be completely autonomous. But, you know, whatever this change is, it doesn't necessarily leave you just the perfect version of who you are. It seems to, like, really kind of bend you in a way. Mm. So, how that is going to go, we don't know yet. Because, you know, we, the only people we've seen are these kind of aliens that have been changed. And I was never very familiar with them before. Who are they? The Slaughter Lords, or what they were. And they were kind of like B, C, and D class right. aliens, you know, that, that Mr. Knife had used before. But now all of them changed by the Black the Vortex has, has made them become like kind of almost A-listers. Or at least in looks. Powerhouse style. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Rob, a square book? Yeah, actually, I, I really enjoyed it. I think this is going to be a great new chapter in all the space stuff. I would give it, I'd give it a four easy. I think it's actually a tremendous, tremendous story. I'm really looking forward to see where it goes. I've gotten a little bit of a look at the next chapter, and it just looks even crazier than this one was. Cool. And that ending is, uh, it's pretty surprising. Mr. Mike? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was, it was, uh, Pretty fun to read. Uh, give it an overall three. I'll give it a three and a half. All right. Here it is. Combined with the other space stuff, I think this is going to knock it out of the park. And this is kind of where I like to be. You know right. I mean? Out of the park. Out of the universe. <laughs> anyway, I'll give it a... Combined, it'd probably be a total five, but I'll give it like a four, like Rob did. Right. On its own, it stands its own merits, but right. in, in the greater scheme of... Marvel Cosmic is going to blow it out of the water. Cool. And um, I, I think one of the things I really loved about it was, you know, Bendis has this kind of way of doing stories where he'll do their downtime. You know, in the Avengers, it was a lot of them eating. So I, I love that idea in here, like having them have this game night. And I know it's stupid, and I know it's a small part of the story, but I thought it was a great little piece to have in there. That, it's actually pretty cool. It humanizes them. Yeah. It is something I, I think is really neat that Bendis does. So, Mr. Ross? I'd give it a four, too. I'm just, I mean, everyone's already said pretty much everything I could say, but just a lot of awesome stuff going on in there. Right. Well, yeah, I, I'd follow suit with that. I mean, book-wise, it's a big book, so you get a lot of information in it. There's a lot of cool stuff that happens in there, though. And Reveal-wise, we've had a couple major things happen recently in Guardians, and that just leads into what we're doing now, so... 
Yeah, I give it a four as well. It was it was a good read. It was all right, all right, a four. Sweet. <laughs> all right. Fours on the board. But you almost have to give it there when you see Rocket riding around on the back of Lockheed. I mean, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, move on to Superman number 38. Cross go. Uh, big thing. Uh, this is kind of the big conclusion to the Superman uh, run that's been going on with Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. Right. Big final battle issue basically the majority of the issue is spent with them fighting yeah superman and ulysses yeah yeah yep and uh the big thing to know here is that ulysses yeah that he absorbs uh energy so when superman like shoots i-beams and stuff at him he just absorbs it um big thing that we learn in this issue is that superman kind of develops an existing power into a new power which will have a lot of consequences in the future i would assume so yes um for him and everybody else. yeah right. oh my maybe God. yeah what, what we learn is basically that his eye beams were a precursor to him just being able to release all the energy in him and it's basically a, like a bomb going off that incinerates so, everything so around him his eye beams are like foreplay yeah <laughs> In, in, in a strange sort of way, I guess you could say that. That's weird. That's weird. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> All right. But uh, the other really crazy thing about that is that it leaves Superman powerless for 24 hours afterwards. At least in this case, because, I mean, he used everything. Yeah, and that's that's what they're, they're kind of saying, is that the power in general, when he uses that explosion, or a super flare, hmm is that it leaves him powerless for 24 hours because he used all the energy in his body to do it. That's crazy. Yeah. All that stored up solar energy. Mm-hmm. Which gives him this power. Yeah. Right. So he's got to replenish his cells. Yep. It is a pretty good book. I'd I'd probably give it a three. I'm not a big fan of John Romita Jr.'s artwork, especially here. So. But he does Batman in this one. Yeah, I know, and I think it's kind of ridiculous that they made such a big deal about that. But that's just me. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, three. There there was one more thing that we can say without without spoiling anything, which is a little change to Superman's look. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot already, actually. They they made this a big deal beforehand, too, that he was going to have a new costume. You mean it's not a blonde mullet? No, unfortunately. I would buy that book. <laughs> Superman suddenly went platinum? Yeah. Totally buy it. Like he didn't... What, what was that movie? Superman 3? Well, it was the clone. The clone, yeah. Yeah. That that was the bizarro clone, which, you know, in a way, kind of makes sense. And if that clone was in this book, would you give it a higher score? Probably. Yeah, if, if the If the, uh, <laughs> the bizarro Superman movie clone was yeah. in there? Oh, my God. He's terrible, though. Blonde Maybe Superman. Act- no, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> not just, I mean, the look. Maybe not the powers. He's, he's terrible. If he goes platinum. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we got Fabio play Superman. So you're saying if you get his hair dead, you got his hair dead. More. All right. Yeah. But he, he, he does have a new costume in the book, and it's back to more like cloth like costume instead of an armor costume. However, it doesn't really look all that different. No. And and it still does have a lot of piping. I'll, mm. I'll shut up until it's my turn. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, score wise, you know, I, I give it a three and a half. Um, 
book-wise, there's a lot of good messages driven in by Superman in this one, and it, it makes him really shine like old-school Superman, so... I don't know. It was, it was a fun book. There's a there's a couple other things in there we didn't talk about that are pretty awesome too. So there's definitely hidden things in there still. But it was it was pretty good. And I'll I'll give you maybe it's just Jeff Johns or maybe it's just I don't know everyone talking about how awesome it's supposed to be because of Jeff. But it was the whole series was pretty cool. It's a little odd concept, but at the same time, eh, we got to a new power, which is that's kind of cool, I guess. Like Superman needed another one. Well, he hasn't had a new one since, what, 1941? Right, well, we got rid of some of them from them, so yeah, that's true. Don't and and in, in reality, it is a new power, but it's kind of a continuation of an old right, power, yeah, too. Right, yeah, a twist on the other one. Remember yes, I give, it, power? I, <laughs> I give it a three and a half. Man. Rob? Um, I really enjoyed the book. Number 37, for me, was, like, the craziest book that they did, though, because, like, everything fell apart in that one. But there was a lot of neat things for it. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Ramita either, but there was one thing that he did great in this run that I that I haven't seen a lot of other artists do right now, which is they're in the rain a lot. Mm. And it actually looks really neat. Like, I think he did a really good job of using the, kind of like a weather effect, which, I mean, even in Batman, which is usually like drenched in rain, I haven't seen a whole lot of yeah, that's weather. A good point. So I, that's kind of a cool thing for it. Um, my personal thought, a lot of people are kind of, well, they kind of allude that the armor is destroyed. I kind of wonder if it is, really. Because, you know, just like his body, the armor absorbs the solar rays and then is able to regenerate. It may have been out of whack for 24 hours as well, and this is just the new like, way the armor has built itself, you know. Um, because it still has piping, it still has a little bit of the armor look, but... You know, I, honestly, if, if somebody hadn't mentioned it, I had to go back and, like, try to actually look for all the differences, because it's really, really similar. I completely agree with that. Um, but I, I think it was a really, I thought it was a great story, and they, they purposely try to mislead you a lot in this book. And so, I, I thought it turned out really well. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, I would say, I give it a three and a half, and one of the biggest things that I loved about it was that he got to be, like, you gotta have hope, you can't lose hope, and he never made it super cheesy and it never meant like oh the symbol is for hope i stand for hope like he was always just like you know you gotta have hope and you gotta make your life better it wasn't was. just superman makes your life better yeah so, it was it was really superman-y it was yeah. it was good but i feel like that hasn't been done a whole lot in the new 52 so that was a good thing all right mr bike uh, i haven't read a i've read a few of these since john stick like ross i'm not a big john ramita jr fan, fan. Uh, but it was kind of cool that uh, he was uh, bonding a little more with Olsen. Yeah. Um, you know, overall, I'd give it, I'd give it a three. There's, that's The art kind of brought it down for me. But story-wise, it, it, it's, it's, it's okay. It's pretty cool. All right. Um, Mr. Curtis? <clears throat> Sorry, I fell asleep talking about Superman. Oh, my gosh. Oh, don't, um, don't do that. A light sleep. Jeff John's still writing, so it's going to be good. J.R.J.R. Take him or leave him. More or less, I'd like to leave him. Oh. Uh, give it a three. It's not... All right. I don't care about his new power. No. I just don't care. I, I don't yeah, know how it's much... It's very underwhelming. Yeah. I don't know how much they'll use it anyways. You know, and I, and I kind of think, like, the best Superman stories are the ones where, like, his powers just get out of the way. I think, I think it's, you know, it's not really so much about this new power. It's that... 
he's going to be human for 24 hours. Yeah. And then that's what they're going to play to more. I, I think that'll be too. And there's there's another big reveal that we're not talking about on here that will, will change a lot of Superman stories going forward. I Platinum think. Superman. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we were trying not to talk about that. <laughs> well, that too. No, not really. Blondes have more fun. That's just Superman. <laughs> yeah. Okay, weird. Um, all right, let's move on to Hawkeye. Oh, my God. Like they're out of control. Yeah, there's yeah, this book with He-Man. He's a platinum blonde, I guess. That's true. Who? He-Man? Speaking of platinum blondes, let's yeah. move on to Hawkeye. Oh, hey. <laughs> That's a good... All right, hockey number 18. Hockey? Hockey. <laughs> Hawkeye number 18. Mr. Mike. Well, it's probably been, what, a couple of years? Maybe, yeah, you know, like six feel, months. Is like, that all, really? Maybe, I don't know. It yeah. feels like a long, long time because I couldn't recall how we ended up where we're at. But um, well, Matt we'll Fraction, David Aja, Matt Hollingsworth, the usual, the usual cast. And it does look nice, but uh, I guess we pick up where the last last issue ended. I couldn't tell you. Don't read it. <laughs> But uh, it appears that the, the what remains of the tenants of this building that Hawkeye's been living in, and his brother's been staying with him, everybody's preparing for all-out war with the tracksuit mafia, the bro guys. Bro, bro? Yeah, bro. Um, they do show up, band loads of them, and everybody's supposed to do their part, glance up on the roof with the... Uh, one of the neighbors, one of his buddies he made there was killed by the, what I like to call the teardrop killer. Yeah, that's a good name. The teardrop him. killer's dad is there, and he is preparing some charcoal grills up on the roof. Cool. <laughs> and the, it's uh, so cool, like, castle warfare, man. Yeah, he dro- when they show up, he drops it over the edge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, I'm not going to ruin a bunch of this. It's it's a quick story. It's a quick read. It's only because he doesn't remember it. Well, I don't remember what happened before this, but uh, it picks up in the right place. You yeah, it does. It does. It's just been a minute. I yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of paneling in this book. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it a is cool muscle quick. car too. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think they actually describe most of the defenses best in the book, which was like some Home Alone style defenses. Yep. yep. Yeah. And. You know, there's there's one of the neighbors that kind of loses his cool and doesn't do his part, and then he freaks out. Um, which I believe that is that is where the teardrop killer is allowed to get in and and uh, run amok. And like I said, I'm not going to ru- everybody's starting to do their part. They're fighting fighting off these guys, and uh, I'm not going to ruin ruin the end. Something pretty crazy happens at the end. But I will ruin the last panel. Oh man! The very last panel because it's badass. Pizza dog shows up, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got an arrow. <laughs> yeah, and there's one issue left, and right. it, ought, it ought to be really good. I mean, this was a this was a really strong issue. Can't ruin what really. I mean, the big thing that happens because it's crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot of uh, like you're saying, Home Alone style warfare. Yeah. Because there's a ton of those dudes running loose in that building. Yeah, and they. I mean, all the mobs guys kind of can. They're convinced that he's got all the money on the roof, all this money that they've been looking for. And they kind of already revealed that it was way down in the basement. But, uh, yeah, the, the relationship with everybody who's in the building right now and how it's going to go, yeah, it was, it was good in this one. Yeah, I, you know, I've, I've liked the series. It has its ups and downs. Uh, I didn't. I got I got, got a little old with the back and forth 
between the Lady Hawkeye, and I didn't like the fact that she stole his dog. That pissed me off, because it's his dog, not hers. I'm just saying. But it's all coming back to back around to where they started. I mean, the way the, the way the whole story started. Right. And uh, I can't take these people's homes. Yeah. I, easy for, easy cool. for. All right. Is it cards? Two. I don't like Hawkeye. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Never will. It's sad. Yeah. It's sad. Regardless of how good the story is, he's still Clive Barton. Damn. Jeremy Renner will never live that down. Nope. I didn't like him before Jeremy Renner, and now I hate him. No, Jer- Jeremy Renner does not help. Man, no. You guys. But. Man, out of control. He's a douche canoe. <laughs> that's a, that's, that's a, good a good one. one. I like that. Eric. That's a good one. Wow. wow. And he can sell that in the sea. That's like my young. That's my youngest kid's girlfriend. I'm gonna use that one. <laughs> oh my man! Yeah. You know what? See, I, I threw that out there because I don't Ross care score. if she's listening. Raw score. I'd, I'd probably give it a three. All right, it's a, little, it's a little better, Ross. A little more shiny, happy feelings over there. Man. Oh my god. Ah, I, I give it. I give it a three and a half. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's Aja, so the, it's the art that makes sense for it. And book-wise, yeah, I'll give you the time between A and B because fractions, other projects, is super annoying. But the implications from the end of this particular issue are freaking crazy. Uh, everything else in the middle of it, I mean, it's action stuff. So it's it's just like how Hawkeye first started, him getting work done without the Avengers. So right, and it like I say, it brings it all back around, right. full circle. No, completely agree. Um, but yeah, it's it, entertaining, like like Mike said, quick read, but uh, entertaining. I don't think we're going to get our Star Trek book, because I think Curtis just had a mic drop moment. Oh man, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> Rob, score? I, I've given a three as well. I've, I've enjoyed the series so far. I like that they've lived with some of the consequences that they've started in the story already with. Um, yeah, I... I it's it's one more issue, and I don't know how they're going to fit the end of this into it because it's it's going to be a big issue. But yeah, this this was a really good one, and it was very fast paced. So well, they're under the gun to get that final issue done before yeah. the new series starts. So they they better make it make it count. That's a good point. All right, let's move on to uh, some Star Trek. I quit. Oh, Curtis. Yeah. Okay, we'll start with Star Trek number forty one. Uh, Behemoth Part 1 of 2, very awesome. It's in the new universe, the J.J. Burris, as people like to point. Written by Mike Johnson, drawn by Kat Staggs, who is a new mother. Really? Just a baby, so. Wow. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. And colors by Wes Hartman. So anyway, Star Trek, uh, have we ever covered it before? You know, I think whenever they first changed, I don't think we, I don't know if we did a review of the we, books. <coughs> I know at one point we did talk about how the series was taking off from the movies at issue twenty. Right. So back in issue twenty, they switched from what they were doing previous to being the new JJ. But I don't think we've ever. I don't think we've done a review for it. I know I mentioned that once, but I I don't remember what episode it was in. Okay. It was just a mentioning. Well. So if you don't know at home, if you watch the two JJ movies or the newest Star Trek. Well. It, this is that universe. One through twenty take place between the first and second movie. Right. And then the second movie happens, and then twenty happens Picks after. Up right after the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, usually these are two issue arcs, and they're very quick and, and easy, and they're great stories. It's like watching an episode of Star Trek. <clears throat> anyway, we start with Chekhov in the observation lounge. He's got an exposition about how he loves the stars, and this is where he likes to go, and he meets this other 
Russian lady in the observation lounge who runs the observation lounge now that they she's been appointed it after uh, the last episode of was this the first time we saw her really yeah okay I was gonna say I don't I, I don't remember seeing her ever before she may have been in the movie I'm not certain yeah I don't know but she's yeah. been appointed to the enterprise it's weird because this really has nothing to do with the story no this is just a setup for nothing right now it's probably Chekhov's love interest in the future we don't know that because Chekhov always gets the the shaft on this Pretty much. Well, she's from the home work, the home, right. the home country. And she, she, she mentions she'll that. help him with his bees because right. he's having trouble. So she doesn't have trouble with that. I think she's part Russian. Is his... The, well, yeah, she's supposed to be from the motherland. Is his little buddy from the movie in the book? Uh, Are you talking about Scotty? The one, yeah. yeah oh, I'm thinking... Say, okay, I'm thinking of Scotty. What's, Never what's mind. his name? S- Scotty? No, the Scotty's buddy. Oh, the one he's always told to shut up. Yes. And, down. I don't remember. Anyway. Sorry. So then we, we cut to this conversation between Captain Kirk and Carol. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's never had a sit down with her before. And they're talking about, hey, I wanted to meet my new weapons specialist. And they end the conversation with uh, any away team that has new life. Spock thinks it's a good idea for me to go. I think it's a good idea for me to go. And Kirk's like, well, if Spock thinks it's a good idea, that'll happen. So then he gets called to the bridge. They've received some. Uh, intermittent communication that's not it doesn't seem recorded it sounds like it's a organic right communication and being that uhura is a xenolinguistics she pretty much knows a lot of alien languages right this is unknown to her um, yeah she didn't recognize what the language was so we get the robot guy i can't remember his name but the one in the movie that's very the robotic crazy voice? And, yeah. yeah i don't remember his name either but he, he starts yeah he starts in, in, interpreting it and it, like we see that it's spoken in like a uh, uh, what are they called note? that or some the like Norse Bion? guys had it oh uh, God, what were those called the Futhark I yeah. know what it's called I don't, I don't anyway but he's slowly been able to interpret this and in giving her what they're hearing nothing's making sense they can't get any scanners into it because the vessel's too guarded against them so they can't see if there's any life signs so Kirk's like well we're going on a way mission doesn't seem Kirk like at all there's an unknown in there it could be death kind of Kirk kind of not we don't know it's kind of an amalgam of uh, old Kirk and new Kirk it feels yeah so anyway they strap her up with her new battle armor uh, breathing suit and they go over into this ship and uh it's very. It looks like an organic ship. If anybody's seen the Tin Man from TNG, it kind of looks like the inside of that. Okay. Uh, so they meet this alien dude who's got like, he looks insectoid. He's got a lot of arms. He's got eyes around his head. Yeah, a lot of eyes. And he doesn't. He says, "Beware, go away. You're not supposed to be here." And Kirk's like, "I'd never leave anybody behind." And we got our doctor here. He's gonna fix you up. And uh, the doc's like, Bones is like, uh, I feel very thankful that you've allowed me to die with you today. <laughs> so there, there's still that camaraderie right. between the two. And it's it's enjoyable. It really is. And Mike Johnson's been writing Star Trek for a while. So uh, anyway, they meet him. They do this whole group mind meld thing where this alien shows him the past. Big apoplic, apop, apop, apocalyptic. apocalyptic event happens on his home world. And he's out there to find answers. Big reveal is we get something coming. So, and uh, the Starship, the Enterprise, has had its uh, engines depleted somehow, somehow, some way.
but it's not from this alien dude. So we get that. It's it's very episodic, very uh, cliffhanger. It's it's not real. It doesn't really feel like a classic episode at all. This feels more of the JJ verse, more action, more intrigue. Uh, it's enjoyable though, and the whole the art in it's fantastic. She's a great artist. So, uh, yeah, it's a good book. I really enjoy it. Yeah. We're gonna score book cards. Prior to me scoring, uh, the six issues prior to this are called the Q Gambit, and it's got Q oh. from the TNG universe. Right. If right. you want to start on uh, Star Trek, pick that up because that'll get you hooked. It spans all of the universes, old universes, and the new one. It mixes it all together. Doesn't make sense sometimes, but it's it's written really well. That's uh, cool. Pick that up. I'm gonna give this one on its own its own merit. Probably four. Yeah. Very enjoyable, very action-packed, cinematic. You get some uh, exposition. You get some looks into people's lives and, and maybe where they're going in the future. This is supposed to be, I believe, the beginning of the five-year mission. This is the actual... It's supposed to be pretty early on. There's a comment that gets made earlier on that our five-year mission, or towards the end, actually, uh -huh. our five-year mission might be over in minutes. Right. And it's, yeah, it's... So everything that's happened prior to this was not part of that mission. This was just other... And this is going on that five-year mission, so it's going to be, I think it's going to be two issues. Very episodic feel. Probably. But what did I give it? Four. four. I'll give it another four. All right. <laughs> Mr. Ross? I'd give it a four, too. It sounds like something that's really, really cool. We're going to teach Ross the word also. I like two. <laughs> oh. It's a joke. It's a joke. Ross. I was confused for, for a it's second. A it's his own particular idiom. He's like, you can go to hell. And I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> Why is always going to be straight to hell with that? Um, you know, I, I give it a three. Uh, it, it's entertaining, and I like... It's got the same things like Guardians of the Galaxy had. Like, we have Guardians, we have the whole D&D &D night, because game night is this particular night. Well, for Chekhov, all that stuff at the beginning is, like, how he deals with what his job is and how he can still sort of enjoy what he does. So, like, that's very, like idiosyncrasy for the particular character, which is really pretty cool. So yeah, I yeah, I give it a I give it a three. Like, it was entertaining. I'm, I'm interested to see the second half of it. And Scotty's little friend is in the book. Is he? Yeah. Alright. I don't remember his name. I, I my my wife knows I it, think though. his name yeah. is get down from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Keener. Keener. Keener? Keener. Okay. Keenzer. Keenzer? I yeah I don't remember. I, well, I give it a three because I think that they've really done a good job of bringing the Star Trek film universe into the comics, and I think they've done a, I think they've so far done a really good job of that. And it sounds like this isn't just rehashing the movies over and over again; they're really breaking ground and doing new things. And I think that's a neat idea. I I love it when comics can do that. And Star Trek, I I don't know, you know, I haven't read enough of the older stuff to really criticize, but I, I'm. I'm happy to see where they're going with this. Don't read the old stuff. Take that, Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Mike? Well, the art looks pretty cool. That's DC. Star Trek's DC. Didn't, wasn't, oh, my bad. That's Star Wars. Take that, DC. <laughs> A so four. That's what I get. Four. Is that Did you say Thor? Yep. Thor? Four. Four. With like a F, not a TH? Well, I can throw out a different F. Oh, wow. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> keep it under, keep it, keep it under. So you wanted to give a fourth? No, a four. A fourth? Four is fine. <laughs> Man. My wife's got to be that way all, all the time. <sighs> Good stuff, all right. Uh, T-Y-F. 
GFY. No, GFY. <laughs> Where did the U come from? Oh, I, I know what it means. <laughs> All right. Jeez, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> TGIF, is that something different? Friday the 13th. It is, it is Lucky Friday the 13th. That's very true. All right, let's move on to uh, DC's Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special. Don't you shake your head at me, mister. <laughs> this particular issue features our lovely Harley Quinn. That would the, make sense. It's got, well, because her name's on the cover. Mm -hmm. Silly, man. Um, the alternate cover for this, or their secondary cover, the, I don't know, I think the both covers are really pretty cool. Like, the, the regular cover is her, basically with Batman chained up and kissing him. Baseballs and screws all around her, which is really pretty funny. Screwball? Yeah, oh yeah. The variant is Batman also still tied up, except his arm is free and he's pulling her by her pigtails away from his face. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, um, so, uh, we start off with a book. This is, a uh, still, uh, Amanda Connors and Jimmy Palmiotti. Um, however, it's not Chet Harden this time around. Um, ours-wise, we have, uh, John Timms and, uh, Ben Cadwell. Uh, and then Aaron Campbell. There's... There's a couple different artists that work on here, too. Um, and, uh, let's see, who's, who's the third one? Tony Salsa? 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 Is that how you say it? It's S-I-L-A-S. Salsa? Salsa? Okay. Anyway, um, so, book-wise, we open up Silas. in... Silas? Silas? Is that how you... I don't know how to say it. Anyway, cool. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So you get a whole plethora of people. Okay, so we open up, and, um, Harley's doing her own impersonation of the Titanic... Um, on the edge of what looks like a, uh... she have a propeller? No, no, man. She's, she's hanging on... She, <laughs> propeller? Why would you be... She's oh. doing an imitation of the Titanic. Well, that's a, it's a boat. Not, oh, right. Propeller for the water. <sighs> she's hanging on the edge of the railing of a... So a scene from the Titanic. Pull, yes. Scene from the Titanic, yes. Oh. My, my bad. Yeah, she's riding on the ferry. She's riding on the ferry and hanging off the edge of it saying... So Ferngully? Uh, Queen of the World. And uh, she's hanging off the edge while everyone's like, hey, you need to get down. Stop, stop. You need to stop. And then she gets talked to by the captain about hanging on the edge. And he's like, how many times have you been on the ferry today? And she goes, um, what time is it? Say two days even. Yeah, it's like, it's we've been like two, a couple days. Just riding back and forth doing exactly the same thing, Rob. And uh, she's like, well, it's the best view in the city. Don't worry, I won't do it anymore until I come back next time. <laughs> Which, I don't know, it's just Harley Quinn finest. Shakes with the ship, and then we get a cut to uh, who's going to be our protagonist in the book. There's a, a fella sitting out in the harbor with a whole bunch of dead fish. Um, I assume they're supposed to be carps, because he winds up calling himself Mighty Carp, I think? Is that right? What's his name, Ross? The Mighty Carp. Yeah, right. yes, the Mighty Carp. That's, that's correct. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's basically hauling the fish out of the water, and he's super upset because the bay is so dirty that it's killing the fish, and they can't survive. So... His whole thing is he's, I don't know, eco-terrorist maybe. So he doesn't like how people are treating the water and that makes him want to kill people or steal from people. Not totally wrong guy, but at the same time, it's all about how you do things. Anyway, uh, we cut from him to uh, Batman, who's basically doing Batman things. Uh, he comes back to the cave, wants to talk to Alfred for a little bit, and Alfred feeds him a smoothie and reminds him of an appointment he has the next day where he's being auctioned off as a bachelor. Um, to raise funds for charity. Batman or Bruce Wayne? Bruce Wayne is being auctioned off. Batman is the one that came home. We'd make a lot more money. Well, maybe. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's Bruce Wayne being auctioned off. You want to know what's in all these pouches? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's something different. Oh. Yeah. 
They're out of control. So we find out that the auction is happening, and uh, there's an ad that runs on TV, and Harley Quinn sees it, and she's like, oh, Bruce Wayne, I have to get a million dollars, because the, the people on TV are talking about how the, they expect to raise more than a million dollars for the, di- the date night with Bruce Wayne for charity. And so she decides she needs to rob people in order to make money to win the date with Bruce Wayne, and asks the egghead guy how she can uh, come up with a million dollars. And then decides to go attack people, rob people on Wall Street, pretty much. Egghead guy is literally a guy that's an egg Egghead, yeah. He's egghead and he's in a, like, tentacle body, kind of. Not Professor Egghead from Wall No, no, two different things. They decide that uh, they're going to go after some fat cats from Wall Street that stole a bunch of money from normal people. So, like, uh, what, do you, what do you call that when you're a uh, boiler room type investors? Okay. Stock market stuff. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Basically Robin Hood style. Basically Robin Hood style. So from the rich or the greedy, wrong rich and give it to herself. Give it to herself, yeah. So uh, she decides she's going to take a nap. She can get ready for uh, being up that night to go rob them because she can't rob them during the day. And so we go to Harley Fun Dream World, which starts out with her riding a giant horse with, uh, I don't know, Harley Quinn markings all over it. A unicorn, too. It's a unicorn. And, uh... Bruce Wayne laying out, like laying out on the lawn, catching sun. Uh, it's been kind of crazy through there, and she's chasing down dudes and hit him with a hammer, which is pretty hilarious. And then her and Bruce go on a, a, a cruise on a boat, and uh, while they're on the cruise, of course, Harley starts to be her own problem. And she asks Bruce if he wants to have kids ever. And of course, in her mind, Bruce is like, oh yeah, we're going to have all these kids, hundreds of kids, spread the world. And she's like, yeah, I don't know about that. So she goes downstairs and starts getting a shotgun. Loading the shotgun will tell him she only wants maybe maybe one kick. She's got to keep her figure. And uh, then she decides to shoot him, which turns the dream quickly into a nightmare. Pretty freaking hilarious. Of course, Bruce also gets eaten by a shark. Yeah, as he continues to talk to her with, like, fishes swimming through him all the way to the... <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Although I did notice that all throughout the dream sequence, he has bandages all over him that keep changing. <laughs> I think it's the uh, idea is he gets beat up all the time. Anyway, she gets another dream sequence that's a little better, and then uh, wakes up, of course, to go robbing, and has this awesome costume. So her and, uh, oh man, what is his name? Little Tony? Little Tony, yeah. Mini Danzig. Yeah. They go out and they rob the, uh, the stockbroker guy. And uh, after they steal his money, of course, it's off from there to the, uh, to the auction house. In the process of that, we wind up running into the carp, who's also decided that he's going to rob the same event in order to get money to build a ocean-style fish tank for deep water fish, I guess. It's like a sanctuary. And he's got himself a sidekick. Ross, what's the sidekick's name? Sea Robin. Sea Robin. The Sea Robin. The Sea Robin, yeah. yeah. He's got a little title in front of it. Yeah. So the two of them load up, and they're going to go rob the the uh, banquet slash auction. Um, Harley shows up at the auction and looks awesome. Uh, she winds up entering the course, she runs into, I don't know, a bunch of aristocratic type stuck-up ladies, and that doesn't go so well. Eventually, we get to the bidding process, and, well, she's not going to lose, so she chokes out the other girl bidding. And, uh, winds up winning, only to have it interrupted by the carp. The mighty carp, and this Robin of the Sea. Robin of the Sea. Um, anyway, chaos ensues, and, uh, Bruce and, like, the person leading the auction both basically get hit with, like, 
knockout stuff or knockout. I guess it's like, it's like it's a chemical of some type that's from a fish, like the hulu, the who. What are the fish? The puffer fishes? Puffer fish. Yeah, is that what they're called? Yeah. Not the hugu? Is that a name? I don't uh, know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, they get they basically get knocked out. So Bruce gets taken out and then kidnapped. And then he has his own dream. And in his own dream, because he, he's already seen Miss Quinzel, uh, and he's aware that she bid top dollar on him right before the robbery. So he has a dream that's kind of a nightmare where the two of them are living together and she's like his new Robin. Which is pretty epic. Wife and Robin. Both. Well, of course, you can't do yeah. one without the other. And uh, she shoots up the Batcave, of course, because that's what she does. And puts Alfred in the trunk to kill him. Or get rid of him, fire him. Good stuff. So we get through some of the uh, the whole uh, dream sequence for Bruce. And eventually he wakes up, of course. And he's Bruce Wayne, so he starts talking to the kidnappers. Um, during the, this whole time that he's been gone, Harley's woken up and decides she's going to go rescue Mr. Wayne. So she has a run-in with Ivy and a couple of her friends, and they're like, well, you want us to help? And she's like, no, 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 I have to do it myself. And they're like, okay, cool, we're going to watch movies and eat pizza. And she's like, oh, you don't want to come with me? So for a second, it's very, uh, I don't know, it's just funny Harley Quinn stuff, man. Anyway, she shows up, and about this time, Bruce has sort of settled stuff with the, uh, the kidnappers. And realize that they're not really bad, they're just stupid. And Harley shows up to whoop their asses. Which is pretty awesome. Bookwise, there's a, there's a lot of cool scenes in here, and it's just, it's just funny. And, like, the whole romance between Bruce and Harley, it's, it's a real kind of, I don't know, it's a really cute story. There's some, I, it's pretty much the whole book, I think. There's only, like, two panels that I didn't sort of cover. Does it really spoil anything? Though? It's a one-off, right? So can that kill it? I, I don't think it's going to continue anywhere else. Okay, well... well, Okay, so after she saves Bruce, there's a point where they kiss, and she's like, oh, that's great, and all hot dog-style Harley Quinn, right? Well, then that evening, she runs into Batman, and uh, she's like, are you going to shake me down and take me to the police? He's like, no, no, Harley, I figured out who you stole the money from, and he's not pressing any kind of charges because it's all ill-gotten money anyway, so, you know... Just don't be, don't, don't cause trouble. And then she kisses Batman, and afterwards she's like, oh man, it's really too bad, you should take some lessons from that friend of yours, Bruce Wayne, because he's an awesome kisser. And away Batman goes. Awesome. Batman is awesome. It's thoroughly enjoyable for stupid, like a one-off holiday book. And I, I don't know, I thought it was really fun. Um, I like the team doing it, so uh, book-wise I give it a four. And it's probably just because I like Batman. <laughs> uh, Rob, score book, please go. Uh, I give it a three and a half. It's a really fun story. Um, there, there's, it's hard to put a finger on like why Harley Quinn is just so right, but like, this book is just another piece of that. It's a fantastic story. So, cool, Mr. Mike. Well, Harley Quinn, yeah, pretty cool character. Her book's been uh, pretty interesting. It's just more of the same. I give it a three. Cool, Ms. Curtis. <clears throat> 2.5. Oh, man. Yeah, that's just for the creative team. Jeez, did you... Well, that's sad. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the book. No? no. I'm did not a fan of the, Harley Quinn. Did you read the, su the Super uh, Power Girl Harley Quinn batch? No. That's too bad. Those were awesome. It was a lot of fun. Chris isn't like having fun, Rob. It's <laughs> okay. Mr. Ross? I'd give it a 3. That's also. a fish sandwich. Um... I, it, it was a pretty fun book, but it wasn't really my thing. And I, I think the whole, 
Oh, I don't know. I think the Batman part was pretty forced in it. That they just wanted to put Batman in it. So. Oh, you mean the part at the end? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it was. I think it was there to prove a point. But I think if they were really smart, they would have had her figure out that we're at a part she at the can't end. Figure out the Bruce Wayne's Batman. Or at the end, have a like, hmm, I wonder if that's the same person. That nah, can't be. Uh, okay. Type that's thing. Fair. Yeah, that would, been, that would been pretty cool. Okay, I'll, I'll give you credit there, Ross. That's a good idea. But it does. Show, you're right. It does show the, how like in control of everything Batman is. And, right. Who's badass? That's the holiday book, Ross. Don't you like holiday books? Yeah, that, that gave it up to three, probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Mighty Carp and the Robin of the Sea. That part was How pretty good, too. Robin of the so Sea. Stupid. I love it. Man, awesome. It's, it's a fun book. Fun. The art's really good in it, too. I mean, even, like, the dream sequences, they, they got crazy-style art, but they're, they're, they're good. I, I, I like it a lot. You just, you just need a hammer to beat the Robin of the Sea. Hell, yeah. That's, <laughs> what, that's what we learn, pretty much. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's it for uh, for books. Um, so uh, I don't know. A couple of you already know this. Here in uh, I want to say our March, our first going first second second two first episode in March. Uh, provide everything goes right scheduling wise. We're gonna have an interview with uh, Patrick Gleason. Um, <laughs> so that should be good times. Um, so I keep an eye out for that. It's not the next episode. The one after that. Well, we should have one more February episode. Um, let's do some uh, books to watch. Curtis? Nothing. There's not anything to watch? Well, speaking of Patrick Leeson, look out for Robin, son of Batman. Oh. There you go. Uh, maybe pick up Silk next week, or pick up Silk when it comes out. And Silk's next week, that's right. And, and uh, Just tentatively. Yeah, no, it's supposed to be released next week. And Spider Gwen is the week after that, so. Badass. Um, there's other books out there that you. Oh, keep reading Star Trek. Seriously, if, if you like Star Trek, old, new, whatever, pick up the Q Gambit, the last six. It's uh, It'll get you. It's really well done. Um, Ross, what do you have? Uh, give me just a second here. I'm trying to remember which issue oh, it is. Omega Men. Give yes. that one a try. I think it's going to be fun times. It didn't, it didn't it last day creative team. I want to see how... Oh, Tom King's writing it. Oh. Yeah, I looked that up. Tom King is, did the... What was that? DC Universe Online stuff for a while. Okay. I'm, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's helping with Grayson, but I'm not certain. Yes, he is. That's okay. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I picked that up. And I think that is a wrap. All right, thanks for the show, guys. <laughs> Mr. Mike, you want to talk about some books or maybe Ross? I, I have one. Okay, Ross, go. Justice League 39, I believe. So the next issue of Justice League? Is going to be a special issue that has several artists working on it. I think it's 39. I can't say that for sure. Um, but including Kevin McGuire, who did sure. Justice League International. Yep. Phil Jimenez. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Dan Jurgens. Yeah. Jason... Fabo, Fabok. Oh yeah, you know Fabok. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing it. Yeah, and Andy Kuwert. Oh, all right. So, kind of double size issue. What the heck? I'm not sure. I mean, I think it, I think it would have to be a bigger one. But there's really no, not very much details on it yet. It's all kind of just a tease on the internet. That's what's going to happen. All right. 
Last show, you mentioned Black Cross. Yes. That is a book from Dynamite coming out. Right. It's going to be part of their superhero line. It's written by Warren Ellis. Oh. And Clint, Clint Worley's doing the art. So we didn't know that at that time, but right. now we do. No, he's half the battle. Yeah. G.I. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mike, you got some books to watch? Well, as usual, Black Science, Deadly Class. Saga's been pretty good. Um, Legacy of Luther Strobe's coming up. Yeah. Yeah, about that. Fred Moore. Third volume, yeah. It's going to be the last one, too. Um, Should be awesome. Chrononauts. Sounds really Pretty awesome. excited about that, too, actually, yeah. Mr. Murphy. Uh, Cluster. Curtis tells me Cluster's awesome, good. Yeah. That first book is awesome. <laughs> right on. That's about it. All right. Rob? Yeah. What the heck, sir? Um, well, of course, Mortal Kombat, actually, Mortal Kombat 2 did come out, and it was a lot better than the number one for, for new readers. Great story, though. Um, the other one to really look for is Batgirl for Collision, which I think is going to be fantastic, and it's going to return, you know, Black Bat and Red Robin. Um, also, the Shazam book with Shazam and Steampunk, you know, so um, the Batman by Gaslight stuff is going to be a part oh, of that right, story. Right. yeah, yeah. Um, along with that, they kind of snuck it in on the side, but they're they're going to do a, uh, at least one of the stories with Red Sun Superman against like the Earth Two Superman stuff. So a lot of the collision titles are going to be really big, I think, and I'm we'll have to see what happens with it though. Look, look fairly interesting. We got over there, Ross. Convergence. Conversion books. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I don't know why I want to call it collision. I told him not to correct them. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Because you get mad when we do. I do. You do. And you're like, whatever it is. I don't care Damn about it. stuff. <laughs> well, I didn't because it was so far away, but now it's here and no one cares. <laughs> I still care. Yeah. Well, that's one. I got hope. That, that's Hold one. on to that hope. <laughs> that's one. God. Man, out of control. Uh, uh, so, book wise, Man, I had one up until that whole section just now when we were talking about the rage. I was afraid to where I'm sitting. <laughs> I don't want to get hit. Really not, not what I like to do. Are you still reading Rumble? Yes, I do. Yeah, keep. If you, if you haven't checked out Rumble, um, I assume at some point we'll get a second print. Uh, but you should because it's. Uh, it, yeah, it's been pretty cool. And I do want to mention Curtis's tea has something floating in it. It does. I mean, it's still sealed. It's I mean, it looks really, really gross yeah, now. It's not even open. Well, it's because you keep shaking it around, breaking it. I don't know what that is, but I would Shake it like a Polaroid picture? That's a different thing. Is that a song? It is. Is that a song I don't know? No. Probably. probably. You, you know it. I know the title. <laughs> anyway, go about your books, sure sir. It. <laughs> it's got a Gosh, I can't think of I don't remember what there there was a. I feel like there was something in the new catalog, but I don't remember what it was. Finishing out Batman and Robin, maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, as far as books wrapping up, I mean, there's a whole pile of them wrapping up. So, book wise, I mean, I would stick to the end of them. If you're missing them, you're not missing them. No, that's not totally true. It's the truth. No, because they're going to be gone anyway. So well, good on you. Eh, sad. Oh, I say watch for the Black Vortex tie-ins. Don't do it because those books look awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, so that should be good times. Uh, God, man. Wolfman. I feel like there was something else. Wolfman. Wolfman's good too, yeah. That's good too. It's good too? Yeah, that's good too. Excellent. Two is in, is in also. Man, I, I swear there was a book that I was like, this would be awesome. Now I can't remember what it was. Oh, was it, uh, Puppet Master? 
It could have been. <laughs> I oh, like man. how you ask us like we're supposed to know. <laughs> yes, it was Puppet Master. Yeah. yeah You're the one right. holding us all together. I know. Well, on occasion. You should know because we did. I said it last we, week. We've said it the last three times. Yeah, Puppet Master. Don't forget Puppet Master. <laughs> awesome. Master of Puppets. The little blade guy looks like Rugger Hauer. If you say so. He does. Have you seen him? Uh... Do you know who Rugger Hauer is? I do know who, yeah, Tango and Cash. No. No, yeah, the, the, no. Hitch, the Hitcher. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tango, the original Hitcher, the good Hitcher. Oh, but hitcher. with a shotgun. Yes. All right. Well, I guess you do know who he is. All right. The little puppet looks like him, younger him. I don't you. remember little, watching the movie. That's oh, my problem. Right, that's fine. Mm. I would agree with you if I knew. Okay. You know? Okay. You know? Right. Stop grilling yeah, me. Yeah, a knife hand and a coat. Is that like a flasher kind of? I think that's something different. Warblade? Uh, that's warp. What? What? It's a little different. A little different. A little Later. Different. Yeah, it's a little different. All right, well, I think that's going to call it. I think that's. that's call that's it what? What? Then we're going to call it done. Done? <laughs> yeah. Stick a fork in it? Yeah, right. Because it's done. Ka-ching. Whoa. Yeah. To get some tiki action, Rob? Tiki? All right. See ya. Tiki? That boat is too big over there. It's a canoe! Yeah, you can't. You just jump in with the two of them because you don't know what. God damn it, Ross. <laughs> They're going to push you out. Look at the two of them. It's a canoe. You can't have three people. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. It's a key! All right. It's a key. Wakala. Wakaza Dananda. Wakaza Dananda. Who did you say in the Hashtani? Gavin? Gavin, you just killed somebody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>